being that it's a two-party consent state, anybody who's online, anything you say is being recorded. Anybody, everybody in the room already knows that. Yep. Can I steal these? And it will be put on the website. Those are for you. Yeah. So, welcome to the... Oops. Welcome to the July AEA Amateur Radio Club meeting. Looks like we have some people online that let me know if you can't see anything or can't hear anything or can or cannot or whatever. Um, I've got a question for you. Yes, sir. Can I use that same way if, like, you weren't able to make a meeting? Can we... Is that a standing uh, Skype call? No, you okay. got you got to do it each I time? Know, but okay. I can create one. Anybody can make Any, one. Any, 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 Okay. What? Just if it was standing meeting, then I could use it any time we had a meeting if, for instance, you weren't able to make it. But oh, no, I make it each time. Each it. time I make the, the invite everybody, it creates a new instance of the Skype meeting. Gotcha. So it's not the uh, constant link. Yep. The link changes. All right, and so first I wanted to try this um, a PSA we have. See if this works. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Walsh. One thing I do when I'm not putting on a call is Joe Walsh. Here, as an amateur radio operator. Also called ham radio is a communication service provided by ordinary people just like you and me. We have a national emergency communication system in place. 247-365. We provide local and regional assistance when any part of the grid goes down. We help fire and police, families, hospitals, schools, handicapped, injured, at community events, sports, races, parades, gatherings, and celebrations. We provide free communications to help people and keep them safe. Find out more about amateur radio at ARRL.org. What is ham radio? See you on the air. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It, I'll do a couple of them each. each oh, I had the pleasure of working him uh, a number of years. Oh, you did? Yeah, on six meters. Uh, he just popped up out of nothing. We chatted for a moment. Cool. That's cool. So these are our officers. I'm Kirk Crawford, President, KK6KC. We no longer have a vice president. It was Don Hall, but he has stepped down. Um, our secretary is Bob Lanahan, and our treasurer is Joe Barger. And Joe's uh, on travel, I believe. Oh, first thing is our field day actual score. So this is the results from field day that I could figure out and that's what I submitted Um, we got bonus points for emergency power submitting via the web and we had an educational activity most of the other stuff didn't count or I didn't have proper documentation or something for it Um, how about your son's um, he didn't make a successful QSO uh, you have to make a successful QSO with a kid and you can get 20 points per kid but maybe next year Yep. Um, and we got 30 all phone contacts, and so our total score was 414. Um, and this is the actual contacts. 
10 on 40, 11, and 11 on 2 meter, and our power, and that's what we did. Just need more, more participation and time next year. Then I'll do messages next year. We'll get the points from the messages that we didn't do this year, that's true. Now we have our illustrious Tom presenting BSA's Operation on Target. That's so cool. Uh, okay, so last week uh, I was on travel and got an email on Friday. Oh my god, uh, we need a ham radio operator to come help some Boy Scouts. And I was like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> what is what is this thing? And they said, it's about mountain climbing. And I was like, alright, I'm in. <laughs> so I uh, clicked the next one. Um... So uh, I stole this from Wikipedia, uh, but uh, and as some may be aware, some may be not aware, Boy Scouts is under a significant uh, churn right now. And what programs exist and what don't exist? There used to be a program called Varsity Scouting. There isn't anymore, but whatever. This was created uh, basically at the inception of Varsity Scouting, um, like 1980 timeframe. And the idea was to have scouts scattered all over a particular area, located on mountain peaks or other prominences within the line of sight, and then they use these big old signaling mirrors uh, to send messages from peak to peak. And uh, so, next chart. Uh, so why do they need radio operators? Well, uh, the mirrors are all nice and everything, but uh, the age ranges of these scouts are you know anywhere from like 11, I think, to 18, something like that. And I think varsity and venture scouts, they tend to actually get older than that. But regardless, uh, you've got quite an age range, and they're not actually at least the scouts I was with in this particular activity, weren't actually relaying any information. They were just flashing each other from mountaintop to mountaintop, which is fine. It's interesting, nonetheless. Um, but uh, in order to coordinate like who's pointing at who when, um, they need hands to participate. And so that was what uh, I was along the ride for. Um, so took my, my Kenwood handy talkie there uh, with a speaker mic so that they could all hear it. And um, I had my uh, Slim Jim J-Pole hanging on a fishing rod uh, bungee to the bottom of the uh, <coughs> fire tower there. You can kind of see it in the corner of my picture. Uh, there's another picture later. Um, and I was powering all from uh, from my solar uh, panels because uh, I didn't know what my duty cycle would be and I, my batteries aren't the greatest. So, um, <coughs> uh, Some of the challenges we had, uh, turns out our first uh, simplex frequency we were using happened to also be some sort of some kind of boat race going on between uh, Long Beach and uh, uh, I don't know where, um, but the, they were boat one and boat two and Queen Mary and blah blah blah, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that which was the that was compounded by the fact that uh, I was the only station that could hear and be heard by everyone. Uh, there were a couple of other folks who could hear each other, but no one else could hear everyone. Um, and I think that was because everyone else was just using their handheld radios with just a whip. Um, and not uh, you know, a full folded uh, dipole, so I, I actually I had some advantage uh, there, and uh, we were one of the higher peaks too, so that helps. Uh, so consequently, whenever I realized that this boat race was going to be a real problem, uh, they had the organizer of this activity, who uh, is Richard Fowle, I think is his name. Uh, this is like his he's a one man band. He makes this thing go in LA, and. Um, he had set up a backup frequency, so I just made the call on the air. I was like, I'm going to the backup frequency, and everybody followed me. It worked. So, uh, you know, be prepared, that sort of thing. Richard who? Uh, Fowl. Fowl, 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 something like that. Anyway. 
He does a really good presentation on it. If you invite him to a meeting and oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's got a whole thing on the, sh- on the spiel about it. Mm-hmm. This is not meant to. It's uh, his passion. Yeah. He, ah. it, uh, you know, like I said, it all came out of this varsity scouting thing. And, anyway, it's a long story, but regardless, it was fun. So I went and uh, we succeeded. So next uh, chart. Uh, so there's actually a fire tower that hasn't burned to the ground on uh, Keller Peak, unlike most of the other uh, mountains out here that have fire Kelly? stumps on them. Keller Peak, yeah. Keller. So it's in the San Bernardino oh, nice. uh, mountains. So out by uh, Lake Arrowhead. Mm. What's the altitude? Um, I don't know. Something on the order of 8,000 feet, I'm guessing. Uh, but it is drive up. You can like, drive You up. can drive. It, it is a 45-second walk from that, that nice. tower right there. It is also uh, summits on the air peak, uh, which is why I was like, I was game for going, huh? Yeah, I was, I was super <laughs> excited to go, and like all I have to do to get a soda activation is work four stations, so, and I did that in the course of the event, and that did no interference to them. So, uh, anyway. do you know if it sees any activity during the June or September PHF UHF contest? I have no idea. Although there is a full, there are volunteers in that fire tower full time, so you could probably just go up there and ask them. I mean, they might have a phone, but I don't know what that would be. <laughs> uh, so we did tour the... 7882 feet. 7882? All right. That's, That's within order of magnitude. The correct answer is possible. <laughs> uh, so I just, we set up on the, on the right side of the tower there, and uh, so L.A. is sort of facing... If, you're, if you were standing on that corner and looking straight out, that's where most of the activity was going. I sat up right there, and that's where my uh, antenna was bungeed, so it, uh, it worked out. So I'm sure what's got a clear unobstructed view of the Los Angeles base. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Orange County end of it. Uh, most, oh, I mean, okay. it's San Bernardino, so right. it's way right. down. Oh, right, 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 okay. And what about Eastwood? <coughs> no. No, because on the other side it's mostly mountains. Bald. Uh, oh, there so, it is. Look, but this yeah. is this this is a view from Bald Peak, which was uh, I think the farthest away that we flashed. Uh, and there's a map on the next chart. But uh, anyway, so this is just you know kind of when you're standing on the peak on another peak, this is what it looks like. You just see these you know rough outlines of mountaintops, and then whenever the troops flash you, one of those mountaintops just lights up. And it's actually a, it's pretty cool. cool. That's cool. It's, it's pretty cool. So. Huh. And uh, the, all the guys that you contacted during the day. Yeah, right. I was on Keller, so we were on uh, Troop Nine Four Eight uh, Keller. Keller Peak, right there, forty-two miles from that spot. So, um, <laughs> so that was that's that's which. Uh, so this 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 is fog. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty misty, and uh, you'll see on the next chart, next chart, okay. uh, sort of where everything is in relation to things, wow. right? Um, so there was a crew, uh, which is, I believe, a venture crew, out on uh, Catalina, and I was able to talk to them, uh, voice, but we did not make a flash, confirmed flash contact with them. You could, I mean, if it was clear, if it was clear, we could have, but it was really, really. Okay. Fuzzy uh, out there. I, I estimate the visibility was probably like forty miles. Yeah, and they're down in all the all the <coughs> fog, fog, smog, and everything. From there. All all the, the and look and at look at the part of the city you have to cut through. For yeah, that exactly. Light. So, I mean, the fact that we made those contacts uh, across Riverside is you know pretty cool. Um, and uh, I basically the only two that could talk to each other uh, was Crestline and Cucamonga. Telegraph didn't have a ham radio operator, uh, and nor did Woodson. Um, so, like, Cucamonga and Crestline could talk to each other and me, 
but I had to relay everything else. So, uh, so I, I was busy. It looks like you need a repeater on Kukumunga or... Yeah, and there is a repeater on Kelly. There's a repeater on Kelly. <laughs> so, I, I don't... But I don't know if the, if the Keller repeater would be hearable from Catalina. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it would take... It some. looks like you'd need to be at Kukumunga to hear... Potentially, you know, the, the the balls are usually really. I could hear Cal- I could hear Silver Peak. I just couldn't uh, couldn't flash them, mm-hmm. and and I you know am not a repeater. I was using five watts, right. so a repeater could probably oh, make yeah. it. Right. Yes. Uh, and also with a much better antenna. Right, exactly. So I, I am higher up even than I was. Yeah, yeah, I have no doubt. And nobody heard the guys yeah. down in the south. Negative. So I think Telegraph and Woodson. Uh, only had phones, and those aren't real good places to get phone um, mm-hmm. information. So. You mean cell tower yeah, phone? Right, right. Exactly. You, know, you know what their elevation was? Yeah, I have no idea what they were doing. Now. They're, they're probably stuck. So, but that's a pretty far uh, leap. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and knowing exactly when to look where is a bit of a challenge because if you're not looking right at the mountain that you're supposed to flash, you're not going to see it. Yeah. Um, there's there's yeah, a picture of a kid look assigned to, yeah, each, to peak, each peak. Practically. Yeah. Well, and we one. had you know there were probably eight or ten boys uh-huh. uh, along, so it wasn't. Uh, so what is the typical communication style with a mirror? Is it Morse code? Is it Morse? Well, yeah. So you know, mm, you know, roll back history. I mean, helographs were used by the U.S. Army in like Spanish American War and this kind of thing uh, at you know forty miles distance. In the clear, uh, and yeah, they were there was basically a key on a you know tripod with a you know two mirror system, so you can always get light regardless of which direction the sun's coming from. Did, did your talk about the, the technique and how to hold? It? I paid zero attention to that because <laughs> I was really busy with the movie. Very busy. However, the, these guys here know how, how to flash. Oh, 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 oh no, I don't. The, the, yeah, the, you, so, so 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 you line up. Uh, your target like, like this, and then you hope you get a mirror with a with a hole in the center, yeah. Yeah. and then you so then you flash, then you get the sun and you flash it between the two 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 fingers so that it crosses your right. And they oh, had a whole so you can see where you yeah. are, and then yeah. you know the mountains right. behind. Yeah. I got it. So so that's why the you know, and so you just flash your, your, your and the boys had a whole like. We're going to make a mirror on site. Uh, they did it all right mm-hmm. there. They had a table set up, and it was, it was educational for them, and they learned all about it. Sounds great. Sounds like fun. It was, it was interesting. I, I was just, you know. I want to do it. Focused on what I was doing. Yeah, so next year. <laughs> I'll give them your name. Actually, no, not next year. Oh, September. Right. So uh, next uh, chart. So this is just the, you know, sort of results, uh, you know, graphed uh, so you can see distances and, and what worked, what didn't. So... Sweet. Cool. So, is there is there was there a particular reason you didn't use the uh, repeater for coordination? I'm not setting this thing up. Uh, so, this is Richard Fowl has in previous years just used Simplex. Uh, I think they don't use the same peaks every year, and so I think Keller was actually a new one this year for them. Uh, although, I, I, this is my first involvement with it, so I just have no idea. Um, but I did give them the feedback that you know a repeater might be handy. Um, I mean, you know, you just coordinate with the repeater owner or operator and say, "Hey, we're going to occupy your repeater for a couple hours on Saturday. Is that okay?" More than likely, be fine with it. You know? I can't imagine this right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are none of those. those things. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. So longest flash was uh, 42 miles from Keller to Bald, and uh, I can attest that that was clearly visible. Um, cool. 
And uh, yeah, I talked to the guys out on Catalina, but uh, could not uh, couldn't coordinate with them because once they got to the summit, I couldn't hear them anymore. So. Next, and that's what it looks like. Sort oh of. wow! And that is a zoomed-in picture, uh, like the full picture. You just can't. I mean, it's a single pixel essentially. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, your eyes can see. Yeah, yeah. Your eyes can see much better than cameras. Yeah, exactly. And I think. You know, like with image compression and everything, like the camera's just like, well, that's all black. <laughs> so let's, do it. let's just leave it black, you know. There's one pixel that's firing wrong. You know, it just integrates across. But anyway, um, it, it was uh, it was fun. And so we left at uh, quarter to seven from just North Torrance and uh, drove out there. We were operational by 9.45, got done around noon and uh, came back. They bought me lunch and... Uh, Nice. All was well with the world. Nice. That is it. And, and then the yeah, same. 15 September. Yeah. So I'm always looking for operators. So well, yeah, um, you know, this September is out for me. But um, if you've got a place that's successful, I mean, um, I um, I do roving, and so yeah. I, I can come fully loaded. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of RF garbage going on on that peak. Oh, I believe that. There's, oh, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, you saw the picture of the the tower, but just to the left of the tower, there's like three other towers which are just full of antennas. So oh. it's you know, yep. just, as long as you're prepared for intermod, you're fine. Right. So Kelly is noisy. He said, "Color, color." Yeah, but it was you know doable. It was totally doable. Thank you. I definitely heard the police a couple of times over my radio. Clearly, you know, their first harmonic was in our band somewhere. Wow. You know, it'd be fun is to create some sort of laser modulating communication system. Yeah. It just has to be simple. Yeah, and burn out the eyeballs of everybody looking at it. Yeah, everybody was already, you know, really worried about it. I mean, because the mirrors are like... Oh, yeah, big mirror. Oh, okay. the, the standard mirror is like this, and what the Boy Scouts do is like, so I'm describing for those online something like one foot uh, square, but they nail those or affix them to a, a jig, and so they have four of them. Uh, so it's really you know, four feet across uh, for yeah, the yeah. of reflecting area, and like you get hit by that, like locally, like someone five feet away from you, you're like, whoa, hey, please stop that. <laughs> so it's hot quick. So they, they all. An array, a board. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With a handle and like a pipe it rests on your arm, and you can kind of just point it right where you want to go and tilt. And it's cool. Okay. They've refined it. Uh, they, they have a hole in the center. Yep. There's a well, there's a hole on one corner, I think. And so that way you can, you know, use it to reflect. So some of that is probably uh, like uh, something out. What way for so they use the point? Oh, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's the mirror. Type. You, you see, the, upper see the red dot at yeah, the top? That's the aiming thing. Yeah, and I don't know how it works. So they have only the one mirror. They don't have an additional mirror to pull this. Well, so, so they do have, and that's just you know another three kids standing over on a rock, you know, slightly out of you know line, so that they can get the light into. And it depends on which direction you're going. You're going up sun. You don't need that. If you're going down sun. Then you do. Then you do. And so they just they had and they were the same size mirror. For, uh, so the reflecting guys they just had a quarter of that size. Okay, uh, so they had a lot less intensity. Then. Right. So, but but there were like five kids with those reflectors. Oh, so but the angles aren't exactly right. And, you know, so right. you know, so it would be difficult, I believe, 
but using this equipment to reliably signal with Morse. Um, yes. It was it was very fidgety. The guys on Keller Peak had some other piece of equipment. I believe they have an old army heliotrope, um, which you know is fancy, um, and because they were able to like aim it and like just like flash us reliably, like really? on and off. Cool. And I was like, hmm, interesting. I haven't seen their equipment. A heliotrope is something with shutters. Uh, no, I believe it's it's essentially like you know it's just two mirrors mounted to a tripod and it, and some sort of aiming system. Um, how do you flash it? Yeah, and then there's some sort of key to flash, um, which just you know takes you on and off target. Okay, reliably. You know? Yeah, and I think he's just like key in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what they were using, I know. Cool. So so utility, eh, you know, you work on it. I, I think over the course of the years, they have you know there's been you know some years they were much more detailed. They had objectives they wanted to go from. They wanted to go from the Pacific Ocean, send a signal to like the Rocky Mountains, like the oh okay, in, in, like across the like like telephone. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they had it all set up and like timed and everything. This year there just wasn't that much participation. But okay. it's neat. Wow, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, cool. That's it. I oh, that's right. Like the <laughs> is Camp Chihuahua If you see this picture, basically the camp occupies this peninsula of Shaver Lake. This is, if you've ever been to RV camp, there's a Camp Edison. That's Camp Edison, yeah. That's right over here. Okay. Um, this one over here is Camp Edison, but we were on here and our campground was right in there somewhere. Actually, no, see this, the gray dot? That's that's my campground. This is the my radio setup. Um, so I brought the band hopper that we used at field day and uh, one of our push-up masks, the solar panel I borrowed, and two batteries. I used my, my ham radio computer is now a Raspberry Pi. I had enough power to do about two hours of FD8 each night. Um... And some during the day, too. I used 5 to 15 watts, and I got all the way to Australia on 5 watts. Wow. And Canada, Hawaii, lots of USA. Um, from from Shaver Lake. Yeah, 20 meters. That's my computer setup and radio and stuff. This little, this little guy is the Raspberry Pi. HDMI monitor, radio, two batteries down here. And that's doing FT8. Doing FT8, yep. And then I had this guy. This is my little GPS module, USB GPS. And so I kept the time from that. I synced the Raspberry Pi time to the GPS. And so it kept kept it on time. The Pi and the monitor run on uh, 12 minutes? Five. Well, the monitor's 12, and the Pi is 5, and this thing right under here, that silver part, that's a 5 to 12, uh, 12 to 5 voltage regulator. So everything is running off of the 12 volts. Is that a little tiny buck converter? Hmm? Is it a buck converter, or is it a... Buck? What do you mean? It's a, it's a voltage regulator. I actually got it. For, it's designed for putting a USB charging port on your car. Oh, I got one of those. And it's like three amps. 
noise of five volts. I no, no, no problem. Um, and so the mast is actually tight. Yeah, we slept in these tent cabins, and so the mast I I tied it to the tent cabin, and then it goes up. And, oh, and there's my solar panel yeah. charging yeah. one of the batteries. And um, then it's there's the mast, and so the fan hopper comes off here. Right. It's that direction, and I think that's the other leg that you can see there. Yep. Cool. Um, and this is where we were. CLA's down here, San Francisco, and we were. It's about five um, five thousand four hundred feet or so. A little bit over a mile high. Um, that was fun. That was July 1 to 7. What time of day did you get Australia? In the afternoon. All of, and I did the whole thing on 20 meters. I never changed the antenna to 40 or anything. Um, and now tomorrow I go to Lick Observatory. I'll be at this little building right there in my dormitory. And that's where Lick is in relation to San Francisco. Uh, and I'm going to bring the same band hopper set up and mast. I'll be running off of AC power, but not not the, not the batteries. What's your connection with Lick? Um, I go. I'm a software engineer, and so we're going to be using this telescope. This is the 120 inch telescope, and we'll be using that for a week. And I'm supporting a program there. Okay. And so in my and we stay in the, the, this building here is a dormitory, and that's where we stay. And so in my office, I'll do the okay. stuff. Well, that's what I'm doing. Cool. Um, okay. Now it's you. Okay, I'll be there probably Tuesday. Uh, we'll be there Tuesday. Showcase. Yeah, sorry, I got people online. AEA Showcase, which is Aerospace, what's the E stand for? Aerospace Employees Employee Association. So the Ham Radio Club is a member of AEA. We're do, we're setting up a table on Tuesday, 31st and Thursday, the 2nd of August. Um, I will be there on Tuesday, the 31st. I don't know why, but I'm iffy on, the, on Thursday. Um, so hopefully we can find somebody else to be primary. Um, I plan to bring a laptop, run an SDR dongle. I'm going to bring the arrow antenna, set it up so people can see a wow factor. Um, I'll bring an extension cord and try to have a big LCD screen so people can see it. I've got those handouts. Anything else? Yeah. Put pictures. You can, what do you yeah. have on the monitor? Pictures of the, the SDR dongle. Or the SDR dongle. Yeah. Output. Yeah. I'm cool. just going to like run a radio station or something big. Okay. I don't know. Last year I had a stack of the uh, hand it forward flyers that um, they have on their. On you the, still have any left? No. I just uh-huh. printed them uh, off the webpage. Ham forward? Well, it's, it's the forward. program with uh, ham test online. They actually don't have that. The um, program anymore. Oh, they don't have that at all. Um, we buy. We're just buying them outright. Okay, for us. But you know, I mean, you could, there's I'm sure a flyer on there. That yeah. I think it's to meet the intent of our like training hands. Like, right. Uh, that's how we do it. We don't hold classes or right. contests. Right. We 
Actually, for the online people, some of you are new. Um, if you join the club and you don't have an amateur radio license, then the club will give you a on, um, access to an online, very good online uh, preparation course that you can use to practice for your amateur radio license. We've had several people in the club use it successfully and get their license and with with very little fuss. It's basically a website that quizzes you on the questions and teaches you the theory and things. And um, it works on phone, it works on tablet, it works on Mac, it works on PC. It's basically a web page that works on anything, and, and it works out quite well. So, But you get that for free if you join the club and don't have a license already. I used it actually to, to move from technician to extra. All the way through extra. Yeah. 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 We but we only course. give them the technician course. But then after that, is that It's like twenty five bucks okay. for the next for the next course. Yeah. It's it's, um, it's it's a good course. And what about taking the test? They take the test. There's at the last Saturday of every month. You can do it um, at the on Marine at the TRW swap meet. Um, they always have a session there. Also, my South Bay Amateur Radio Club has regular VE sessions. I don't know what what day it is. It's one coming up, I know. Uh, is that this Saturday? I believe it is. So there's one this Saturday, I believe, at Torrance Hospital um, with the South Bay Amateur Radio Club. You can look them up on the web and, and get the exact date and time and, lo- and room location. And the Palos Verdes Club has a similar thing. About once a quarter, they actually have a class that starts in August. Yep. That's a... I think it's a two-weekend class, uh, really good. Walt Ordway teaches it. Uh, he uses one of the one of the books, and he just kind of steps through the whole thing for you. And it doesn't cost a dime, unless you want to buy the materials. And then they have a uh, test uh, scheduled Excellent. after the class. Excellent. Raytheon Club does the same. They've yep. got multiple uh, training sessions this year. If anybody's interested, I can send you the schedule. You go to ARRL.org on the left side. Usually it says something about licensing, get your license. Oh. You can definitely search for test locations there. Because <laughs> the tests are given by hands. Um, so FCC is not involved. So there has to be a, an exam coordinator. ARL is one of them. And they'll let you know where you can go. Yeah. You, you just put in your zip code and it'll give you a whole ARL list by date. Or, okay. Yep. Okay. So if we could get, I've invited all of the club to these showcase things in the hopes of getting someone else to volunteer to do it with Bob. Um, I may be able to help out on Thursday if, if I'm actually working. But I'm working through the weekend, and so I might not be able gotcha. to do it. Okay. Um, I'd probably come with Bob if you use it. Sure. Can? Yeah. Cool. Okay, great. And what is it? It's like 11 to 12? It's just 11, same time as meeting time. 11.30 to 12.30. Okay. It's in the in the cafeteria. Yeah. Okay. Um, more for Bob. Um, so I'm throwing this out there to get people's ideas on what to do with A2 Shack. Um, we have equipment. Go to the next page. That's the, uh, the current operating equipment in the A2 shack. There's a UHF VHF on the bottom corner, left corner, and there's an HF 
uh, radio that's, um, I think, 100 watts. Might be 50, I don't remember. Uh, and then we have some sort of makeshift antenna for HF, and we have a UHF, VHF, two antennas, uh, labeled one and two on the top left of the picture. We also have a uh, signal link USB adapter for digital mode. Um, and uh, an aerospace network computer and a borrowed LCD display. Go back one. So that's that first bullet. Functional HF, UHF, VHF radios and antenna. Aerospace network computer. The RF plan, I think that was approved. Did, I think we're okay. Did Hilla give us thumbs up on the RF testing too? I think I think as far as I know we're okay. Okay. I don't know if we've had a, uh, if she's approved the the tower and beam yet, but what yeah. we have now I think we're okay with. Yeah, and I'll I'll get to that. So I'm thinking some future uh, things we can do on the A2 Shack. That aerospace computer we could create a generic login like we did in D8. Right. I'll do probably it on the work local with, machine. Yep. I'll if do that with help, Joe or, or, or maybe Joe you can do or whatever. It. I can help you how to do that. Okay. And then once we get a generic login, uh, I could set it up or somebody else could set it up with the digital software. I'm also thinking about a second signal link for the UHF VHF radio. That would give us both HF and UHF VHF. If you think that's okay, let's let's first learn how to do it on VHF mode and and, and practice with the uh, just move the move the card or move the box. Don't you think? Yeah, it's and trivial. It's yeah. yeah. All you do is you look up the radio you're having, and then they have a pinout that you change your pinout to. Oh, in yeah, because it needs to do cable. Oh, right. So it's just a pain in the butt to do it yeah. back and forth. But Might as well. We have plenty of money. Okay. So I'll go ahead and order that. Um, the second line there on future is repair, repair and or sell non-functioning HF equipment. So go ahead, two charts. So these are the ones that aren't working. The Kenwood, the ICOM, and the Yezu. Now, I'm blanking his name. Albert said he'd be more than willing to tear them up, but I know how things are. We never have enough time. And I don't know that we need to keep backup radios. We don't. So Especially not with that vintage. Right. So I'm, I'm thinking we just go ahead and advertise them on eBay and see if we get a reasonable well, we, price. We could offer them to the club, and if we don't have any club members that are okay. interested in it first, give an advantage to the club. Yep. So um, not... For free, but if if people are yeah, going right from eBay, figure maybe. out fig, well first figure out what the market value of them is. Yeah, I do. I did that. I just didn't clutter up this stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then like we could offer it to club members for like half of the market value. Okay. And then and then just sell them on eBay if nobody wants. So I'll I'll create a little flyer that we can send everybody that has what these will go for. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah, it's similar to what we did for the uh, that software-defined radio. Thing. Right. That one wasn't yeah. worth a heck of a lot, so we just gave away right. over. That one was too much pain. Right. Okay. And then go to the next page. Yeah. I might be questioning. This is okay. an Army code trainer, and I did go ahead and look up comparable prices 
And again, um, you, I mean, offer it to club members and then right. Same thing. Yep. Find figure out figure out a value price. People will trust you, and then yeah. offer it to the club members for discount if nobody's interested. So we have about half of the uh, single devices. So I'll, I'll probably start a club price at fifty bucks there on top. Fine. That's that one. Okay. Uh, back up to the front page. So we we've got agreement on the repair or sell non-functioning HF equipment. Not um, repair. No repair. I mean, we got agreement on what to do. So. There. And we have agreement on what to do with the Army code yep. trainer. Um, the next step. Um, we're thinking about putting a step IR, a big antenna up there, mm -hmm. and I still got to get the name of the facility guy we should talk to to work that, but I have asked about what's our likelihood to go to 1,000 watts, and the answer is no. There's too much RF on that building with people running stuff. They don't want 1,000 watts on that roof. Now, we can go work informally. I think that's an incorrect okay. request, especially right there, because what she's all about is RF safety. And if you say, oh, can we get 1,000 watts, they're assuming, it sounds to me, they're assuming using the existing antennas. And no, it would be, it would be unwise because those are so low. Right. With a tower, it'll get the RF a bit higher off and... Yeah. Uh, our RF safety issue will be non-existent. Yeah, RF safety issue isn't the problem. It's uh, interference with other RF uh, devices on that roof. It's purely compatibility, RF think, compatibility, not safety. But I, I just asked without trying to stir things up, just try to go you know below the radar screen and say, hey, what's it like? And um, David and... Um, I can't blank of his name. Albert. Albert. Who said no? Not likely they'll let us do a thousand watts up there. There's too much other stuff up there. But I just wanted to ask so we could bring it to the club. So we could I don't think you should go by that as okay. a as a killer for getting the the proper amplifier. Okay. Where are we getting the antenna? Well, so, we'll so, so I think it's a two step process. Mass. First, we we show them the antenna we want to use, and we don't have to say it's going to a thousand watts. And we get the structural okay to make that roof able to handle the good antenna. It would still be a antenna. great value uh, to have a gain antenna, even if you're only using 100 watts. Right. Even, all the more so. Right. All the more so. I mean, um, have good antenna. You, know, you know, the classic rule is you, you're going to choose between investing in aluminum yeah. or investing in always. RF amplifiers, then you always go for the aluminum. Yeah. And so in a step by our antenna is just is a dynamite uh, piece of equipment. Exactly. So what were you, um, the three? The idea is basically to, to duplicate the DA. And so like a three element mm -hmm. version of the step line. Uh -huh. yep. It's a great antenna. Uh -huh. you know, it's really hard to beat. And so what I would suggest is ignore the amplifier right now. Yep. Yeah. 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 Make that'll just scare people. That'll right. scare people. They're, they'll assume them based on what you have now, and which is it wrong. Um Put it put together a good report for what our good plan for the tower and beam. And what and we are have tower, tower elements. We have tower sections. What we need is what we would need to purchase is there's a we have 
we have, I think, four or five sections. We don't need to use all the sections. What we need is the is the piece that you put on the bottom when you put the sec tower on a flat roof. Yeah. Right. And then put that down, put those sections on top, and I wouldn't even put it on top of the penthouse. Yeah. What we could do, actually, what we could do is help, is put that down on the bottom, on the, next to the penthouse, then do, like, an extra section, so, like, three sections... Yeah. And it's also strapped to the penthouse mm-hmm. for even more support. Yeah, it would be much easier to guide it if it was on the roof surface, not on the penthouse. Yeah. Right. So. If well, to put the base thing down there, and then and then how tall are the second? Ten foot. Um, iron or aluminum? Aluminum. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, you can actually move them. Yeah, you can actually pick them up. Yeah, and you can actually put it up without someone getting killed. So um, I think that's the next step is to, to put together a plan for the tower and being. Okay. Yeah. Who's going to play, who's gonna play tower towers? How much does it cost in the towers? Well, the um, tower we already have. Uh, we, have the, we have the sections pieces. The antenna's like $4,000. No, maybe two two thousand two and a half or something like two and a half so which, there's a lot of options with the yeah, yeah. Um, two and a half we already have that. a rotator uh, and I think the antenna was I could send it to you if you're interested we were going to need the bottom piece I think that's a couple two three hundred dollars for the piece that yeah. connects to, to the um, roof and we might need some extra dying pieces yep but it's also something we could put in our budget. Uh, one of the items to put in. So there's budget. a two-step that we have to go through on the tower. Mm-hmm. One structural, and one is theoretically now antennas have to get El Segundo review. Um, originally, when we put this stuff up, we didn't go to El Segundo to get a, right. a view approval, and uh, now evidently, it's not pretty. Nice. Yeah, evidently they have a rule that says. There's certain. I have to see how it looks step. looking from El Segundo the road, El Segundo Road, and if it's visible, then they have jurisdiction. You can see it. Depends on how we do it. I agree. If we don't put it too high and we don't put it on the penthouse, it won't be obvious. Yeah, right. And what if you put it on the far side of the penthouse, away from the road, yeah. then you've hit the bottom section. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want it too close to the well, skirts. The penthouse is even inside the skirt. You can't even see the penthouse from the side because there's the wall, the skirt oh, okay. wall around the right. top. Yeah. On that building. Yeah. On that building. Yeah. Yeah. But you can see all the antennas out there now. Yeah. So. Anyway, okay. Do I have anything? Oh, yeah, A3. Um, all, I did, all I did was take a snapshot of what our plan was with yeah. Jason. It's still so that we, I need to talk to him because you and I had, actually the three of us had talked about would we purchase it and do it ourselves and I think um, Joe kind of thumbs down on that, right? Joe was a little against it because he didn't. I think he doesn't. I don't know. I'm I'm for it. Right. The, my, let me state what we're Talk proposing: yeah. is we're having difficulty getting the um, antenna, the HF antenna replaced on A3, on the A3 shack. A3 shack. Right now is owned by security, but they let a, they they paid for everything. They paid for 
uh, the whole setup. But aerospace property stickers on the radio. Aerospace property stickers on everything. Um, and so they maintain it and replace it. But right now, they're not replacing things that need fixing. And so my offer to Jason is that why don't they just give the shack to the club? Deed it over to the club, all the aerospace stickers and stuff become ours, and then we can use our, our budget and stuff to, to maintain it and get it replaced. Things like it's that. Right off the, you know, and it's really convenient. Room, so. It's a good it's location. Quiet. It's quiet. <laughs> it's probably our only... Technically, as far as facilities concerned, a shack that they would like because it's in a in a workable space. Um, but I haven't even heard a response back from that either. But the idea is we would have to assign a um, a, a person to look over the shack, and, and I think Ching might be a, a good person. Anybody that's stationed in A3 could could do it, any one of our members. Oh, and I just remember there's a five I need to add to this. It's to fix the volume on that HF radio. Yeah, they have amplifiers shot. So, but anyway, this, and we already picked a long time ago, we picked the antenna. This is more of a, um, not a beam, it's a vertical that does HF and all sorts of different uh, ways. So let me, my suggestion, let me go talk to Jason, because I held off. I told him I would uh, take care of this for him. He just needs to know, and he needs to pay for it. Well, we would go do this, but um, because I saw him in the hallway, but then we talked about potentially taking all the equipment and so I hadn't re-engaged with him on this, okay. but he's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. Just talk to me. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it." So okay. we're ready to move out on this. I just if, if do we it. can get him to actually purchase this stuff, that would be fine. We yeah. can continue with the security owning it. We just yep. would like to get the antenna, mostly the antenna fixed. Yeah, yeah. And I'll add, I'll add a five to this. I'll print it out. Go talk to him, and then we'll right. Get that okay, you want to spearhead that? That's great. Sure. I think that was it. Um, budget. We have our budget seasons coming up, or is now. Um, Joe's not here. We'll tell him what we come up with from this meeting. Um, one of the some of the things I think we need is the D8 for a controllable amplifier because we're trying to make D8 shack um, able to be used remotely. So any aerospace person can connect to it. Um, by VPNing in and control all the stuff. We can do everything now except for the amplifier um, is the big one that we can't control at the moment. Um, and the, the A2 tower and beam stuff and anything else, anything that anybody has ideas for that, that we need to put on the list. Mag loop. <laughs> no. No, so I'm over, uh, so I just recently moved over to the D10 building. So. D10 shack. D10 shack. Okay, we'll put D10, write it down, Secretary. So, um, <laughs> D10. I, I don't know what that means or anything. Uh, there's a lot of empty space in that building currently. Um, Where is D10? Uh, it's over off of Grand, oh. Grand and Nash. So it's like outside of the campus, um, which is good because we probably have less uh, conflict with you know, 
Stop. Well, antenna is on the roof. <laughs> um, oh, you're still in El Segundo. Yeah, you're still in El Segundo. Uh, but, you know, conceivably we could come to some reasonable accommodation. I'm not talking a big deal over there, but it would be nice to have a small presence. Okay. Get more people interested. I, everybody who encounters me learns about ham radio, whether they like it or not. Mm-hmm. So... You just need to build a plan and a wish list. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you're, you'll be the owner. I, I have a suggestion. I don't know how it's going to make it anyway. Um, I would recommend that you just divest yourself of all of the old uh, but lovely antique hardware that you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And invest um, and kit out all of your stations with uh, K3s. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, they're just spectacular radios. They're and For the money... Could not buy a better radio. Mm-hmm. It's simply impossible. And that way, uh, you learn a K3, and that means anyone will be able to walk into any station. Right. And that's what we have in D8 now. And be a capable operator. And so. Yeah, and we we opted to pull the whatever the FT1000 yes. out of the D8 shack and put it in a two shack because we didn't want to buy anything new. At the time, the recommendation wasn't. Uh, K3, it was the IC7300, but whatever. That's a good idea. Uh, uh, Long-term plan. If we, if we had the same radio in every shack, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and but just for, I mean, I've, I've got one. It's yeah. just an enormously versatile radio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like That's fine. But, you know, and they're also highly portable. I mean, yeah. they're very, they're quite quite compact. You just pick one up. And and ditto for the A3 shack. I mean, that Kenwood... Uh, if, if, if that needs repair... Might as well replace it with a K3. um, Yeah, you can start off, you know, and um, K3s are... So put that on. How much is one? uh, Well, no, let's see. There's there's the K3S, which I don't know very much about. That's the new version of the K3. I've got one of the older K3s. Um, It depends on what you want to roll into it because you get a basic rig, and then there's just the enormous number of options, modules, and kits that you can pour into it. Um, I've probably put a couple thousand bucks in mine, and I'm going to pour another. Um, I've got a bo- big box of kits sitting on my desk that I'm going to try and, uh, try and pour into it for the coming uh, September contest. I don't know if I'm going to do it. But I just can't, I can't speak highly enough. Okay. They're just, I used it during field day, and uh, we were, mine's, mine's just a 10 watt. We had it connected to a portable 100 watt amp. We were running it on 20 meters, and it was just spectacular. Not just spectacular. We were running, uh, as I mentioned the last week, we were running uh, 80 contacts an hour for 24 hours. Awesome. Nonstop. It's good. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Put that on the, yeah. on the notes. And our, you know, kind of portable stuff, the KX3, you know, mm-hmm. if you know the K3, and also you can kit them out for um, um, six meters uh, they come with six meters and you can kit them out for uh, uh, two meters as well yeah that's good okay cool anything else Christmas party yes in December (laughs) what a luxury December 13th it's not in February (laughs) Okay. So, Bob took it over. He's he's made the deposit. Save your date, December 13th. 
It's on the Google Calendar. I haven't sent an invite with the Aerospace Calendar yet. And that's it. Groovy. Any, any new business or other business? Do we have... Did all the Skype people here? I don't know. Not heard a peep from anybody. Yeah, you lost a couple. Yeah, we did. That's oh. right. So I can I can tell you a little bit about what I've been doing. Just doing a lot of satellite contacts lately. Fuck that. Sorry, my daughter's acting like a caster. Is this Ryan? Doing a lot of satellite contacts. Yes, it is. Ryan Antonio. So uh, folks been seeing me in the TV talking about working satellite on there as well. So. Cool. cool. If you have any questions on satellite operating, let me know. Can you do a presentation? <laughs> sure, I can do that sometime. Sounds good. What month do you want? <laughs> September? Uh, let me get back to you. August, September, October, November. Uh, let me get back to you. Okay, send me an email. So does Ching can 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 Ching hear us? I'm here. Did you did you see all the videos and everything? I missed the uh, first part, and then someone else come to my room and uh, have a meeting with me while you guys work. <laughs> okay, but this. Uh, do you have any uh, specific questions? Nope. If if we gain access to the A3 shack, is it? As a ham club, will you be the um, the, the watcher of the A3 chat? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, pretty convenient for me to uh, to use it or to uh, work with Jason and others uh, on the uh, uh, for the club. Okay, sounds good. <coughs> oh, I didn't get all the people that that dialed in for the attendance sheet. Did you write it down? No. Okay. Uh, so we had Jane. Ryan, Joel, and David Fong was on there. Yep. There's only four left. You guys, who else was on on the Skype? Do you remember? Nothing heard. Huh. Got quiet all of a sudden. Uh, you might be able to look at and see who accepted the uh, invite. It's all right. Not a big deal. Thanks, Kurt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, you. You can also look at your missed conversations in Alpha. You'll, you'll have a list of all the people who dialed in are connected to the And where? Look in the missed conversation folder. Missed conversation folder on Alpha. On Alpha. I'm sorry, gentlemen. I Okay. Great pleasure. Thanks for coming. It's Mike, right? Or do you go by Michael? I go by Michael. Okay. Okay. Actually, Dr. Gorlin, for those who are on good terms. (laughs) (laughs) Take care. See ya. David Fong. Okay. Club, the, David. Uh, yeah, I've got the. Fong. Victor Lin. Victor Lin. 
L I N. L I N I V E. Okay. Ching Kong. Got him. Ryan. And Joel D. Goosey. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Inviting the meeting.